Welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. Real people, real talk, real magic. lovely listeners, and welcome to the Tarot Coven podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine, and joining me for this very special bonus episode are two of my amazing co-hosts. We've got Jesse. Hello, everybody. And our resident expert on all things Wheel of the Year, Jekinovia. Hi, guys. And we are here this time to talk about Beltane, what it is and how you can celebrate. But first, I just wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, pandemic that we are all living through, at least at the time of this recording. Um, When this episode comes out, it will be close to the end of April, beginning of May. Who knows what situation we will be in at that time. Uh, I hope everyone is healthy and finding ways to smile. But I, I just kind of wanted to touch on the subject because... I didn't want, I know that a lot of our episodes that are coming out uh, end of March and throughout April haven't said anything about what's going on. And I didn't, it, it does come across a little bit tone deaf and, and maybe that, you know, the podcast is happening in like this vacuum where nothing is, is really going on around it externally. And I just wanted to, I guess, say it's not that we didn't want to talk about it or bring it up or, um, have a conversation about it. It's that we record these episodes so, uh, so much in advance that, you know, the last time we actually all got together to record was before any of the quarantines or lockdowns had been put in place. So there really wasn't, um, there really wasn't an opportunity to even bring it up. But yeah, I just didn't want people to think that we were just trying to sort of bypass the situation or, um, you know, not take into account the way that our listeners might be feeling and what they're going through and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's out on the front lines working in healthcare and other essential services. Elena is one of those people, one of our other hosts, and we just, you know, try to thank her every day for the work that she's doing. Uh, and to everybody else that's doing that work, it's, I'm, I'm so grateful. And to everybody that's staying at home and doing your part by sitting on the couch, thank you. That is equally as important to help this uh, situation. And we hope again, that you're all healthy and finding ways to smile every day. And yeah, Thank you for all the sacrifices. Uh, I don't know, Jesse, Jackanovia, did you guys have anything you wanted to add about it? Or I also agree. And, you know, I think for us who are really trying to go more inside and uh, hear what the intuition is trying to tell us, it's just been, yeah, a real, a really good time to, yeah, be quiet and uh, meditate and be more present with our loved ones. So hopefully everyone out there has also been able to um, just, yeah, bring that more into their present. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just wanted to add too that, you know, I, again, I'm really grateful for everyone working on the front lines. My husband is one of them as well. Um, and also too, I know it's kind of going against our natural grain at this time of year, especially in the Northern Hemisphere. We're used to going out this time of year. This is when we're coming out of our shell. And now we're being forced and crammed back in. And I know that's really hard for some people. So I just wanted to recognize, you know, way to go. Good job, guys. Yeah, yeah. It is such a weird time. Like, I don't think anybody really knows how 
to best navigate all of this. So just do your best every day. You know, that's all that anybody can ask of you. So, yeah. Um, And, you know, because... So this is our bonus episode. We're talking about another um, celebration on the wheel of the year. And in a way, I kind of want the episode to be a little bit evergreen because somebody could listen to this, you know, five years into the future. And, you know, hopefully by then things are different and we don't have to be thinking about ways to celebrate uh, Beltane more indoors or with very limited outdoor space. But we will... I think, uh, you know, at least try to touch on ways that we can celebrate in the here and now, as well as just in general, if that makes sense. So as I said, we are here to talk about Beltane and I think we should just start with some of the basics. So Jackanovia, what is Beltane? When does it happen? What is it? Why do we celebrate? It happens around May 1st every year. So, you know, day or two before, day or two after, whenever it works for you and your schedule. But generally, it's May 1st, so May Day, a lot of people know it as. This is your peak of spring. So this is your midpoint between your spring equinox and your summer solstice. Uh, so what this is, is a time uh, of all those seeds that you've planted, they're starting to sprout. You're starting to see just the beginnings, the little bits, you know, the, the new ideas just sprouting. And you're going to get really excited and you're going to want to tell everybody all your ideas, but it's not time yet. You have to just you know, nurture it, make sure that, you know, everything's growing properly the way you need it to, because it, it may not be exactly what you're looking for. So you don't want to bring a lot of other energy into it right now, even though you're really excited. So that's just one little tidbit I wanted to throw in there right from the start. Hmm. Um, speaking with, you know, about the god and the goddess, this is the time when they come together. They have their union and create new life. This is that moment of conception and there's a lot of hand fasting, so it's marriage and love, but mature love, not puppy love. This is this is when we, you know, we've grown up and we're looking for our life partner in in the romance section, or you're looking for new friends that are going to really uh, support you as you're growing and and turning into this this new being that you're becoming. So there's all kinds of passion. There's lust. There's flirty energy. Everybody's feeling sexy. So that's why you get a lot of parties going on this time everybody's getting together because they're just breaking out of their shell from the winter like we were we just mentioned right I love the way that you brought up um not only relationships but with friendships like looking to start those more I don't know if mature is the right word but more maybe like grown-up friendships the ones that you're going to take with you further into your life that kind of thing um that's I, that's so lovely. And hand fasting was one of the things that I saw come up a lot in my research. And I, I guess I never really understood why. But yeah, there's always so many weddings during this time of year, like right from the beginning of May and towards like the summer season. Right. So I'm yeah. I'm assuming that that has been sort of passed down throughout the generations. Yeah, it was way back in our ancestors' time, it was when all the hand fastings would occur or the marriages, depending on, you know, where your beliefs lie. Uh, like, I mean, there was even times when, you know, there wasn't a big emphasis placed on marriage, but this, you know, May Day was the night when the couples would go off in the bush in the fields and, you know, have a good time. And that was their union. So <laughs> <laughs> that was their commitment. So it's just, there's always been that, that feeling, that celebration of coming together and and uh, yeah, moving forward into the future together. Well, you know, it's spring, and that's what that's what you do in the spring, or at least the the animals they're exactly. they're getting busy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's just what you do. 
<laughs> yeah, I saw a lot about that as well, like the themes of fertility and, as you mentioned, sort of the union of the god and goddess and, yeah, people going out and having some fun. And, in fact, a lot of what I saw in my research was like, this is kind of the wildest celebration on the Wheel of the Year. I don't know if that is accurate, but it was like, it's basically just the day to have a really wild party. And maybe we're not going to be able to do that in person this year, but I see a lot of Skype parties or maybe some FaceTime calls happening and and lots of dancing, you know, virtually with all of your friends and loved ones. But can we rewind for just a minute? I wonder if you can just briefly, Jekinovia, um, tell us the difference between hand fasting and an actual marriage? I can try. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, so with hand fasting, it's very much about um, your soul union. It is uniting your souls together in a, a committed relationship, whereas a marriage is... Again, it's a very spiritual experience for a lot of people, but it's very much surrounded by a set religion um, with rules and, you know, you're, you're making vows to each other rather than just committing to each other, being open to the future. Okay. So it's a little bit more of like a relaxed thing. I mean, it still has the same um, commitment. It still has the same yeah. value, but it's like it doesn't, I assume, come along with a marriage certificate? Uh, sometimes it does. It depends. It, oh, okay. the, with the modern world, they kind of go hand in hand in a way. I mean, there's a lot of people that will get really mad at me for saying that, but it's <laughs> that commitment within a relationship. So, I, I mean, back in the day, a marriage was a big deal. It was you know, A lot of marriages were arranged. There wasn't a whole lot of love in it. Right. So there was a big difference then. But now it's, <laughs> it's very much the same thing. It's, it's a very committed relationship. Gotcha. Well, so as I was doing this research, I was thinking like, maybe, maybe I'm going to do, I'm going to look more into this hand fasting idea because, so Tyler and I had planned on, sorry, I don't know if I've mentioned Tyler before. Tyler is my fiance. We were actually starting our wedding plans earlier this year and we had planned on doing something in June, actually like around the summer solstice. But that's probably not going to happen now. So I've been trying to th- figure out different ways of like doing a like a FaceTime ceremony or, you know, something else. And so maybe the hand fasting thing, because I have also seen that sometimes it's um, you do this hand fasting ceremony and it's like a year and a day that you stay together and then you decide if you're going to continue to stay together. And of course, I assume that we would, but then maybe next year we could have like the more formal ceremony. Not that we're very formal people and we won't be doing anything super formal, but I just thought it might be interesting to kind of still be able to do something this year, but in a different way. Yeah. So we could even just throw a big party next year. Huge party exactly, to celebrate that yeah. you made it. <laughs> right. Yeah, we did it. We, we made it through the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, Jesse, did you have anything to add about, like, I don't know what kind of research you did around Beltane in general, but did you have anything to add to just sort of this preliminary stuff? I just loved the idea of, yeah, coming out of... You know, it's, it kind of goes along with what we'll all hopefully be doing in the next, you know, now when this podcast will be coming out or at least a few weeks after it's kind of coming out of our homes. Um, spring is here. It's warm. It's a time to 
I guess, better weather, start uh, to be active in whatever we're cultivating in our lives, whether it be externally in our garden or just uh, with life itself. A lot of times our activities tend to take on a different look in uh, the more into the spring. But Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I just love the idea of kind of things waking up and kind of moving more into that action phase. Yeah, I I do hope that we get to experience at least some of the warmer weather this year, but we we shall have to see. All right, well then let's talk about how we might celebrate. Um, Jackanovia, definitely correct me where I'm wrong, but a lot of what I saw in my research as well was that it had this this festival has a lot to do with fire uh, and dancing um, and and kind of more like those those bigger get together type things. Yeah, it's very primal, earthy. You want to dance in your bare feet around mm, a fire. That's very, right. very, very Beltane. So, yeah, um, uh, if we're going back to our ancestry, a lot of times, because they obviously thought that fire was very purifying, which, you know, a lot of us still do today, they would actually light two bonfires side by side, and couples would pass through, and it would cleanse them of anything, you know, anything negative, any illness, any ill will break spells against them. Uh, people would just pass through if they had been feeling unwell to try to heal themselves. They would drive their cattle through between these two fires to, to cleanse and purify and, you know, bring a, a good harvest that year. So the fire has always played such a huge role in Beltane. And that's actually one of the main rituals that a lot of people do is a big bonfire if they can. Right. So what do we think people can do this year if they don't have you know, because we're not all lucky enough to have a bonfire in our backyard or be in a place where we can now go out and have a fire. So really the only thing that I was coming up with was maybe just doing some candles, like a whole bunch of candles and at least having a fire in that sense, or um, even bringing it into the meal that you're having, like having a spicier meal. So to evoke that idea of fire in that way, do you guys have any other ideas? Well, I love that, um, you know, Beltane, when I was looking into it, a lot of green is the color. And so thinking about, you know, almost kind of reminded me of what you might do for around the St. Patrick's Day, but just having a lot of greenery and um, you could have a lot of fun with a meal by just incorporating those colors um, creating kind of a feast of of greens and yeah, even the spicy foods. That's that's kind of a fun way to take that. Um, I love that they said there's a lot of braiding and you know even when I think back to what I learned in school about May Day uh, celebrations like the Maypole, but thinking about yeah, just you know putting on a little flower crown and um, braiding your hair and just kind of Im- inviting. Uh, the next, you know, summer, uh, equinox to come and just, um, yeah, life that's starting to really percolate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about you, Jekinovia? Like, what do you do? What will you do this year for Beltane or what have you done in the past? Well, for me personally, because I have the ability to have a big fire, right? So that is number one. I'll throw mm-hmm. bundles of, say, dried herbs or special. I like to burn birch because birch is actually a very Beltane type of wood. So, I, you know, we burn a lot of birch. I collect birch bark just for my rituals during that time. Um, actually, just to go back really quickly, one other thing you can do to bring fire into, if you, you know, you're not allowed to have candles or open flames. So a lot of that happens. If you can have incense, 
yes, it, it has mm. smoke, so it's a lot of air, but it also requires fire. Yes. So you can also use incense if you need to, or even those fake candles. That's the thing about modern, you know, magic is there's no rules. You can use whatever works. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there. No, that's great because I think it's awesome to to provide people with some ideas on how they can, you know, still be able to celebrate inside. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing that I really like to do around Beltane is because where we are, sometimes we start to get morning dew. Or if it's raining around that time, I'll collect up that water and I'll use that for manifestation magics through the year. So I kind of, I have mm-hmm. actually a jar in one of my little cabinets here where, where I do have last year's Beltane water. Oh, wow. So that's, that's something that's fun. Or even if, again, if you don't have access to, you know, putting stuff out in the rain or collecting dew, just put some water out overnight. It doesn't have to be a full moon. It's just the Beltane magic that you're infusing it with. Right. I love that. Yeah. And I did see something when I was researching something about like washing your face with the morning dew. I've heard of that. Okay. But you don't, you're not sure where that comes from or... I, I know that it has something to do with uh, its youth. I think it's bringing youth into your life. I've never done it, yes. so I don't really know. But <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what I saw it around as well. And it was always, the way it was described, it was like, um, you know, the night before you are doing all the fertility and the more like sexy romantic stuff. And then the next morning you are, yeah, using the dew to wash your face and I guess welcome in welcome in more of that warm weather, welcome in more of that earthy youth kind of energy, I suppose. So an interesting idea for sure. <laughs> I might have to try that this year for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you have access to like a clean space where you can um, collect some of that, I mean, why not give it a, give it a shot. For sure. You know, Jasmine, I'm looking at a list of different herbs and flowers that are connected with Beltane. And they do mention coriander, curry, and those are more of the spice, you know, can be quite spicy. So you weren't too far off with suggesting that for your meal. I love that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. What, uh, what other uh, flowers does it, and herbs does it have there? Looks like there's daffodil, dandelion, flaxseed, and then for flowers, more uh, forsythia, primrose, tulips, violets. I know for some of the herbs too, I was looking at essential oils and lavender came up as well. So some uh, carryover from Astara, but... Um, oh, even nettle. Interesting. I bought mm. stinging nettle and I'm drying it right now on my counter. I added some of it to my tea this morning just to see. Um, but I know it has a lot of health properties. And so yeah. it's interesting that that's on the list too. Also crocus and um, snapdragon. How fun. Ooh, so a lot of just those springy kind of pre-summer flowers. I think you could make a beautiful uh, tablescape if you were stuck inside. Yeah. And decorating your altar or whatever space you sort of use for, for that kind of stuff. But yeah, I I feel like that's another great activity is just, you know, to, to bring everything inside and decorate like that, bringing the color inside and yeah. Yeah. And a lot of those flowers too are great for flower crowns, Mm -hmm. which definitely is something to, to play with. I have never made one before. I would really like to make one. Maybe this is Maybe this is the first time. 
We should all do it and take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to figure out where where I can get the resources to do it, but I think it would be fun. Yeah. Really cute. A cute outfit idea. And then you put it on and you call up all your friends and you do your FaceTime dance party. I'm here for it. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Make merry. Right, drink so- wine. Yes, exactly. Oh, and speaking Ooh, of speaking that, of wine. That, yes. Yes. All right, you guys, I have the best recipe and I was looking for ideas. We'll totally credit this and link in the show notes, but it was a Beltane wine. And you, now at Jackanova, you call it mead, which I love because that seems so much mm-hmm. more legit for uh, this topic. But so rose petals is... Uh, one of the ingredients, sliced strawberries. There's a herb called Damiana leaves. So I'm not quite sure what that is. I'm going to have to look into that. Also some clean lavender, a little bit of sugar and some lemon juice in the white wine. And there's a very simple recipe to pull that together, but doesn't that sound delish? It sounds amazing. It sounds like a very witchy sangria. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. I'm so into it. And if you are not a wine drinker, this, I was thinking, you know, perfect for just whatever sparkling water or even yeah. just um, a light flavored sparkling water would totally work for that as well. So we'll have to, we'll have to try that on our uh, Beltane celebration. Mm-hmm. Or even like a, I mean, I've, I don't see it that often, but like a white grape juice or something, or maybe apple mm. juice would work. I'm not sure, but. Great idea. I had, I had once, it was this non-alcoholic wine stuff, but it was sparkling elderflower. Mm. Absolute best tasting stuff I've ever had. And I can't find it again. So I highly recommend to anybody who can find the sparkling elderflower water, please do yourself a favor. It's so good. That sounds magical in and of itself. Sparkling elderflower water. I love it. Um, Okay, so the only other thing that I kind of came across in my research was that similar to Samhain, am I saying that correctly, Jekinovia? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay, so similar to Samhain, which is actually like on the other end of the wheel from Beltane, right? It's Mm -hmm. uh, This is a time when the veil is thinner. So people do a lot of practices around divination or connecting with guides, connecting with spirits, gods, goddesses, all that kind of stuff. So I would say that, I mean, we're going to do tarot every day, all the time anyways, but this might be, you know, if you're, if you're just getting started with tarot or if you are just getting started with, um, connecting with guides and that kind of thing, like Beltane might be a really great time to sort of kickstart that. Um, do you know anything else about that, Jekinovia? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you said, Samhain is the opposite end of Beltane. Sorry, Beltane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, a great time for divination. I like it for forecasting. Now at Samhain, I do a lot of uh, shadow work, inner work, you know, closing down for the winter. But at Beltane, when I do things, it's more of, it's coming out of that shell again. So it's a lot of, like I said, forecasting. It's it's reaching for communication with the fairy realm because I that's my Beltane mm-hmm. thing. I love the fairies for Beltane. <laughs> so that's it. I, Samhain is the celebration of light, or sorry, of death. And Beltane is the celebration of life. Is kind of the opposite ends that I work with. Gotcha. Hey, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Melz. And we're the hosts of the Damn Fine TV podcast. We cover shows like American Horror Story, The Haunting of Hill House, Westworld, 
Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and so much more. Lately, we've been talking a lot about the early years of Twin Peaks, you know, the show this podcast was named after, and starting very soon, we're going to be talking about it even more. Starting on May 19th, we'll be breaking down two episodes of Twin Peaks Season 3 every week. I mean, isn't it so dreamy? So come join us for Twin Peaks Tuesdays, a journey that's bound to be both wonderful and strange. Where the owls aren't what they seem. The cherry pie is to die for. And the coffee is always damn fine and hot. We'll see you again in 25 years. No, Jasmine, we'll see them in May. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so just look for the Damn Fine TV podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll see you then. Tell us more about the fairies. The fairies are practical jokers. They have a sick (laughs) sense of humor sometimes. Um, but if you learn to laugh, they just want you to have fun with life. They don't want you to take life so seriously. They'll help your garden grow. You know, if, if you work to, you know, clean up the area around you, they'll leave you little blessings here and there. You'll find a, maybe a coin on the sidewalk. Uh, they're just, they're just mm-hmm. these little spirits that just, they just brighten your day. I just love the fairies so much. How might somebody who has never tried to connect with them sort of start that journey? Uh, Well, they are very connected to the earth. So if you take any kind of enterprise with connecting with the earth, whether it's walking around barefoot, sitting under trees, picking up garbage, the fairies are going to notice that and they'll just start bringing you blessings. They kind of just, they find you. I'm not sure how you can go out looking for them, but if they don't want to be found, they will not be found. Interesting. I love that. I did see some stuff about fairies in my research as well, but being somebody who I've never really done that. I've never tried it, but I'm super interested in it. So I just wasn't sure um, how to really approach it, but I'm super glad that you brought it up. So, and I mean, what a lovely idea that is that you can clean up your general area and make things nicer for, you know, the earth and the environment itself. And then you might just get like a little, a little visitor. It's so cute. Yeah. I just find they're just good luck. They're just fun and, and sweet. Like they're not little tinkerbells. Like I don't have that image in my mind that it's some Disney character, but they're just little nature sprites, little nature spirits. That's funny that you said that because that's exactly what I have in my mind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whatever works for you, go for it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the only image that I could call. I was thinking of that and, you know, ironically enough, another more Disney characters, I guess they're actually Maybe they're witches, but the three um, characters from Sleeping Beauty, I think they're the three Laura, little witches. But yes, yes. <laughs> but to me, they're very like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm off the mark there, but they felt fairy-like to me. So, Oh, they're fairies. They are so oh, fairies. Awesome. <laughs> well, that's really cool. And then so speaking of tarot, we are definitely going to put together another spread for all of our listeners. I think maybe this time we will, you know what, let's do fire as the password. You know, like usual, I'll put the link in the show notes and then all of our amazing VIP listeners can get access just by using the code fire. So that'll be another coven creation. Very excited about that. And um, we have one more kind of recipe to share, Jackanovia. I am going to share my sacred ginger beer recipe you can make at home on your counter. It sounds amazing. And so this is like an actual alcoholic beer. So it's just for the adults at home, but it sounds so lovely and so easy. And 
again, this idea with the ginger, I mean, ginger is pretty warm when you're having it like that. So I would assume that this is like another kind of getting your, getting your insides kind of fired up energy. Right. So. Yeah. Jess actually had a really good recipe for the the tea that she puts ginger in. Oh yeah. Sure. That too. I love adding ginger to really, I mean, any savory teas that you have for myself, I start every morning with a cumin, coriander, and fennel uh, combination, whole seed, which sounds kind of interesting, but it's just a savory tea that helps to detox. It's Ayurvedic. I know I've mentioned that before, so I try to do that every day, but I find when I add a couple chunks of ginger, it just gives it this nice little spice. But my go-to daily tea, I drink it every day, is just taking your favorite ginger tea, and you certainly can make it yourself, but i Um, have a brand that I like. It's a natural ginger. That's all it is. No extra flavorings or anything. And then I use a cinnamon stick and a couple hunks of ginger and it's just so sweet, a little bit spicy. So go to a ginger tea for your beautiful Beltane season or whenever you want to drink it, but it's very warm and comforting. And ginger, you know, does have that fire, it kind of gets your digestion going, right? So it goes right along with that idea of stoking something up, your agni, right? Your inner fire that's getting all of that digestive goodness going. So yeah, it's just like another way of kickstarting things. So which seems to be part of the theme around Beltane anyway. I know we're kind of we're kind of kickstarting things a couple of times along the wheel, I feel like, especially in the Northern Hemisphere, as we're just like, all right, the first light, and then, okay, now it's spring, and okay, now it's halfway through spring. We're almost at summer. We're just always looking so forward to the time when the sun finally comes out for good. But um, actually, so one final thing I kind of wanted to bring up is um, in terms of crops, Jekinovia, you mentioned that with the two fires that would be lit, they would um, put their sort of livestock through. But I was there also something that was related to crops and sort of, um, I don't know if blessing is the right word, but um, doing something that would at least call in the gods and goddesses maybe to sort of bless the crops moving forward. Was there something to do with that? Yeah, I mean, at every festival, any gathering, there was always a lot of wassailing. Uh, so, you know, they would they would sing praises to the livestock, to the crops, to the trees. Okay. Just, you know, to get that energy going. And I, I believe I've read that there are accounts of they would take um, their sacks of seed, so their grain seed, whatever it is that they were about to plant at that point, and they would carry it between those two fires. But I do gotcha. know that the planting happened earlier on in the year a lot of the time um, because, of course, where we are, it's mind-boggling but they would start planting sometimes in february or march wow in in europe so i i'm not sure exactly how accurate that is but it's it's something that's always stuck in my mind anyway so they did bless it somehow i'm sure Hmm, okay because i was just thinking especially right now i think it's important i mean not everybody is going to be able to not everybody is going to have access but i think the more we can become a little bit more self-reliant, uh, um, growing our own food or providing ourselves with even just fresh herbs. I mean, now more than ever, it feels essential to be able to feed yourself. Um, so I was just thinking, you know, even if you could just, even if you only have a little bit of windowsill space, there are probably some herbs that you can grow for yourself or, um, 
Yeah, I mean, just just smaller plants maybe. And then if you do have an outdoor space, doing like a tomato plant or uh, even just like some simple lettuce, you know, just to help ease the resources that you need externally. So do you guys have any other ideas of, of maybe smaller plants that people could fit in, um, you know, sort of maybe smaller apartment spaces or smaller backyard spaces? Or is there anything you guys like to grow that would work in, in that kind of a space? I love to grow mint and chives. They seem to do well wherever. Sometimes I'll have a basil plant on the counter that doesn't usually last very long. It seems like I'm always picking the leaves off long before they they get established. We use it so much, but no, fresh herbs is an awesome way just to keep that. Yeah. That natural, um, feeling, uh, in, inside the home, but also just adds such a great, uh, nutritional, um, zest for, you know, what you're eating. Just so good for your digestion. Mm hmm. And actually, that reminds me of, um, you know, you could do your own sprouts at home really easily. They don't need much. And in fact, I mean, you can, I don't know how accessible they are now, but you can just get really simple little kits where you get like a tiered sort of structure and you can just be doing sprouts all the time. It's a super easy and super nutritional food that you can make yourself. So what about you, Jekinovia? Any any recommendations for smaller plants or? Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously herbs. Uh, but there's also, you can get tiny little cherry tomatoes and the plants only grow mm. about 12 inches high. And I mean, how great is that? You have a yeah. salad and you pick off a little tomato, um, anything like if you have a patio, you'd be surprised. You can grow a lot in the patio, on, like on a patio in a container. You can grow carrots in a big pot. As long as the pot's deep enough, Ooh. you can grow carrots. You can grow anything you want. Just get creative. And if you don't have the money to, you know, go out and buy a bunch of pots, just start saving, you know, tin cans or, you know, use containers. There's no rules about gardening. And I think that's one stigma I'd really like to break is you don't have to go to the store and buy all kinds of equipment. You can just do it with what you have. That's really good to know. The the tin can thing, that's super smart. Uh, Egg cartons work as well. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So much that we don't learn in school, right? Just of how, how to just feed ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, I wanted to ask you because you have I mean, I can cut this out if you don't want us to put it out there, but you have your other account, the Homestead account. And I wondered if you wanted to share that on the show since you're kind of sharing things that people could, that's like helpful for people right now. And I know you've got like a blog over there that kind of pertains to this kind of stuff. So yeah, sure. It doesn't bother me. (laughs) It's a public account. So yeah. Okay. So where can, where can people find that all that good stuff? Uh, well, I, it's called Homestead Atlantica, and all one word on Instagram, and that's just my Instagram account where all of my homesteading-related, you know, small farm, kind of growing your own food, self-sufficiency information is. And I am always open to questions. I do understand that not everybody knows how to, you know, live this way more frugally and more self-sufficient, so I am open. There are no stupid questions. Please just ask. Amazing. Yeah. And I mean, you just have so much knowledge about this kind of stuff. So I think it's really nice that you are open to people asking questions, especially at a time like this, so that we can all, you know, feel a little bit more confident in that kind of stuff. So yeah, well, that's all I've got in my notes. What about you guys? Jesse, anything, anything final to add? 
I would think I will just say that everyone, no matter where they're at, has the space to dance. And so if you're wanting to get that energy going, it's a great way to celebrate Beltane just where you are. So have a dance party. We should be doing that every day, right? Oh, agree. Yes. Yes. Listen to Jess. She's the boss right now. (laughs) (laughs) Might have to host my own Beltane dance party. (laughs) I mean, I kind of like this idea. I don't know if we can get something going, but maybe we'll have to talk about that a little bit more and and see what we can do because I think it would be fun to have a little dance party for the Beltane. But what about you, Jekinovia? Anything final to add? No, just, you know, just do it. Don't, Don't read a million books on, you know, how to celebrate Beltane. Figure out how it works for you and just do it. There's no wrong way, like I always say. Amazing. Well, that's going to do it for this bonus episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Jesse, where can everyone find you on social media? Hey guys, I am at Tarotero on Instagram and also tarotero.com with one T in the middle. And what about you, Jekinovia? I am Tarot and Time on Instagram. And if you just search it, you'll be able to find me. Perfect. And you can find me at the.written.witch. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of the Tarot Coven Cast. Stay tuned for our next bonus episode all about the summer solstice and for our next regularly scheduled episode where the coven is going to take you through a tarot reading. And until then, everyone, keep making magic.